Welcome to Friday Friends. This is the podcast where uh, it's just some friends hanging out with each other, trying to make other friends, making our other friends know things that they don't know already, or helping them understand things that they don't understand. I've been trying to work on like some sort of opening to this, Ani. You can reach Ani at AniShree23 at, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm only Sandro on Twitter and Instagram. I feel like we need to like explain what we are sometimes. Yeah, I, I think we need a very definitive open. We can't just be like, hey, we're friends. We want to make friends. Join us. I think it's kind of weird. We are weird, which is great. Which is the best part. Yeah. But this is Friday Friends. Uh, you can reach us at our complicated email, FridayFriendsEmail at gmail.com. That is, uh, we don't get much action there. We get one email from Fensty right before he comes on the pod, which you could listen back last week. Uh, a lot of great NBA breakdown from the great Fensty from uh, Fantasy Alarm at Fensty Sports. Man, we have some breaking news in the NBA, in the NFL uh, that I, I'm going to hold off from. On Ani, Ani is uh, telling me we should stick to the rundown a little bit. I'm like, maybe we should break into breaking news, but people won't hear this until a little later. So we'll stick to the rundown a little bit. And I, I want to thank Ani. Last week, and you can listen to our podcast on iTunes. We're, we're all over the place. Thank you, Anchor, for doing all the work. We tweet out the, the link. We get, a, we get a good amount of views, a lot, a couple, actually more views than I thought. So I'm, I'm happy with the pod so far. But I want to thank Ani. Last week, he brought up Stranger Things 3. He gave it a pretty good review. So I actually went back, and I went on Netflix, and I watched a couple episodes from Stranger Things 3. Okay, I mean, I loved it. What did you think? How did you feel about it? So, you know, I, I, I want to start off by saying I saw episode, I think, two, three, and seven. Okay, so you didn't watch it chronologically, so by the time you got to seven, you probably had no idea what was going on. There, there is a, and I'm probably spoiling something, there's a creature in there that looks like lobster bisque. Okay. It's just I don't think you're spoiling anything because if somebody's going to go watch Stranger Things, they're expecting there to be a creature. So I don't think you're spoiling anything. All right. Well, so that that's my first takeaway. There was a, a creature and there's ice cream. I like ice cream. I don't like sweets, but I like ice cream. So the show's okay. Okay, you can't give it you can't say it's okay if you're watching episode 2 three and seven and you haven't seen any of season one and two correct i'm trying to compliment you here you got me to do something that i didn't really want to do okay but no i i can't i can't accept this compliment because you didn't even you haven't seen any of season one any of season two and you watch three episodes that aren't in order of season three so i don't even think i understand if when you say it's okay that that might not even be genuine i think i think i saw a part of season one uh they ride bicycles in season one. Oh my god! All right, let's let's get into the breaking news. <laughs> wait, 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 but okay, so this ties in. So it, it, season three, there's Russians. Correct. It's a huge part of the season. Yeah. Yes. Um, it ties into the ice cream thing, and that's why I, I paid attention to it. But apparently, the Russians are spying on us, Ani. Correct. Uh, I everyone knows everyone knows me as the Chris Moore guy. Yes, and yes, you are. I feel like I'm aging every time I bring it up because people are bringing up all these valid points. I shouldn't say valid, but they're bringing up points on why Chris Moore won't be a 850-yard receiver this year. He won't reach seven-plus touchdowns. And for those who don't know, Chris Moore, wide receiver, Baltimore Ravens, Sandro's new favorite 
I guess. Super late round flyer. Obsession. It's his new obsession. I was right about C.J. Anderson. He was not right about C.J. Anderson. He lucked into C.J. Anderson when he got traded from the Panthers to the Rams. And this is his new obsession, Chris Moore. Chris Moore. Book it. 750 yards receiving at least six touchdowns. I keep on changing it. Uh, Yeah, you keep changing changing your predictions here. Because Ben Gretsch... uh, well, Ben Gretsch gave me great odds. He said 550 yards. All right, and if he doesn't hit that, I get to slap you in the face. Yeah, so we'll, we'll tie that into the pod somehow. Uh, thank you, Ben. Uh, but the Face app uh, in one day became an overnight sensation. Yep. I did some research. This app came out years ago. Uh, apparently, it's based out of Russia. The terms that you agree to when you download this app allows them to have all pretty much access to your phone. I'm okay with it. I deleted the app, but I'm okay, I'm okay with it. I was about it. to say, like, oh, you're okay with people spying on us, like, stealing our information, our faces? I mean, I didn't download it. I didn't take a picture of it. I refused to. I was just like, there's nothing. I, I don't care what I look like when I'm 50 years old. If I want to know that, I'm just going to look at my dad. Like, if I look at my I'll be like, that's probably what I'm going to look like in about 15, 20 years. So why do I have to download an app that's going to tell me what I look like? That's a good point, but uh, coming from a man of of wise wisdom and, and years, 30 years old, you start to change a little bit. I, um, you know, for instance, this week alone, I went to the dentist for the first time in a long time. I'm proud of you. Congrats. Thank you. Are everything healthy? Yeah, but the weird thing is this dentist office was in an apartment building. Like I don't want to get into that right now. You didn't go to a dentist. No, it was. It's it a was, scam. It, it was. He was very nice. I think he took a model of your teeth, and now he's going to start selling it as Sandro's teeth. You can get them on eBay, Amazon. Might be a prime deal. If you uh, if you pay extra on the Face app, you could get my teeth. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a new filter. Uh, I started going to the gym again. Uh, proud of you thank you i'm training for a full marathon i put that on on pause for a little bit so when you get when you become old like me the point is i'm i'm 30 and you just want to see how bad it could be and um, i'm not saying the face app had convinced me to become a healthier person but i i did see my dad a little bit in in my photo and I might have to get a plastic surgeon at some point, but we're we're good with that. But I, like, how how did the face app affect your hairline at all? Did it like make you go bald, or did it keep like the hairline? Because that's probably the one thing that's probably different. The face app probably doesn't remove as much hair as you probably will as you grow older. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I did not notice any any like significant. Actually, I think I look better because I I feel like I am balding. So I think the face app helped me in that aspect is more of like my nose and uh i just I get, know that your beard my, got super gray yeah so no, i look i look badass i look oh, good oh bad oh you, that's what we're going with. you could find all of this at only sandro um you know ani and i are constantly tweeting out ani's more on the sports side i mean the last thing i tweeted was about an hour ago a jar of ha- pretty much empty pickles just sitting in my hallway at at my house so well if you want to start a campaign sandro's trying to get verified on twitter he tweets at twitter every day telling them that he's going to probably be verified the next day so start a campaign a petition whatnot but let's get back to the bread and butter here breaking news in the nfl 
anyone that follows the league knows about the whole Tyreek Hill saga. He was accused of beating his child. And for that, the NFL launched a full-on investigation. They put Tyreek Hill on the... Um, forget what that list is called, but he wasn't allowed to participate, contact the team, whatnot. The exemption list. Exemption. Ex- that's, that, it is, that is it. Thank you very much. And this morning, the NFL put out a statement, and you can find the statement on Adam Schefter's Twitter. I'm sure it was. it's on um, the NFL Twitter as well. NFL saying they will not suspend Tyreek Hill for this season after completing a comprehensive investigation. In the investigation, they said that their primary primary mission was to make sure that the child was safe, and they said the child's ongoing care is being directed and monitored by the Johnson County District and Johnson County Department for Children and Families. They also said that based on the evidence presently available, the NFL could not conclude that Tyreek Hill violated the personal conduct policy, but they are going to keep this investigation open if new evidence does come to light, leading to potentially an in-game suspension. But for right now, Tyreek Hill will report to training camp, will report to facilities, workout programs, and is going to be active week one. Thank you for bringing us back on track. As always, I will admit, this is a guy I was avoiding in best ball. Um, I, I don't even think I've ever had any shares of Tyreek Hill in general, besides probably some best ball and, and DFS, of course. But in my season-long leagues, I've kind of avoided Tyreek Hill in general just because it's a smaller wide receiver. Uh, and for a while, I thought it was a gimmicky kind of gadget guy, kind of like Taylor Gabriel, who has not really amounted to anything in the in the NFL. So, I mean, people are happy right now uh, with the fantasy side of it. the The real life part of it is a little tough to still wrap your head around because Correct. it seems like there was something that had happened or could have happened a couple of times in the the past. Uh, and I think that's the one thing that Tyreek Hill should get on top of now is kind of clearing up the story, even though at the end of the day with social media and people not being informed, they will probably not, you know, people are not going to give him any positivity on this. Uh, no. But it will fade away probably, kind of like what happened with Adrian Peterson. Very similar story. That had more evidence. I don't remember his suspension for it. Uh, but the problem too is that the the there there's so many suspensions going on in the NFL. It's really impacting teams and us fantasy people. Well, so, so the NFL suspended Peterson for an entire year. Okay, and he it was the 2014 season. The NFL suspended him without pay for the rest of the season. But the one thing that I we should have all probably known, especially from how the NFL has approached this situation in the past if there's no video evidence we've seen them let i'm not going to say things slide but we've seen the players receive a lesser suspension and whatnot even when there was video evidence of kareem hunt assaulting that woman he was only given a what six game suspension for the following season Yes, there were transcripts and text messages from Tyreek Hill, but there was no video evidence, which is what led to, I think, the NFL was like, we don't see it, so we can't do anything about it type deal, which is an awful way to look at it. But that's also our culture. If you didn't gram it, it didn't happen. Right. right? If you don't... if you don't, as, as The famous saying is, Pixar didn't happen. Yeah. Right? So, 
Which it, is why, like, the whole Ray Rice situation was incredibly unfortunate. It was completely caught on video. Ray Rice absolutely, I think at the time it was his fiance, hit her right in the face, beat her, and it resulted in a pretty much a lifelong suspension from the league. Yeah, definitely. And and part of that was he was at the end of his career, and that that's also the, the more effed up part of it, too. If you're at the end of your career and you do something, or I shouldn't say at the end, if you're if you're a running back plus 30, and you do something bad, you are not coming back. Like, that's it. End of the career. Ray Rice has... And see, that's how it shouldn't be, though. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. If you've done something this bad, you should never be back in the league. Exactly. That's why Kareem Hunt was, because he's still in the prime of his career. So that's why a team decided to take him back. Or, like, the NFL was, like, six games, you know? He's going to learn from his mistakes. Which is effed up, but that's not our concern. That's the NFL's concern, and our concern here is how is this going to impact our fantasy football drafts? Yeah, because at the end of the day, we're here to win our fantasy drafts, and if that means Tyreek Hill is playing Week One, that means we have to value him as one of the top receivers in the NFL from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. Um, it, you got you're playing to win, right? Yeah. It now if you're in a league where there's no money involved, you want to play for fun. Look, you want to throw away your team, you're a Giants fan, and you want to draft only Giants, that's fine. But at the end of the day, fantasy is mostly done for money uh, or some sort of prestige. For instance, the Scott Fishbowl, not for money. Any money that you put into the league is going to a charity, which is great. Scott Fish asks that everyone donates at least one entry of all fantasy football leagues into a charity, which I think is a great thing. But at the end of the day, we're trying to win. We need championships. Correct. We want rings. We want trophies. We want belts. If you don't, if you don't like what Tyreek Hill did, and you don't draft him, and you paid like a hundred bucks to get in early, guess what? The next guy's taking Tyreek Hill, and at the end of the day, he's gonna win money. And if you're fine with losing that money because you standed for what Tyreek Hill did, and you don't want to draft him, I applaud you. Yeah. But in this case, I want to win money, and if Tyreek Hill is there, I think in the early second round, I'm taking him as my wide receiver one. I, I I agree with Ani. Uh, once again, I'm I'm the type of guy I'm still kind of fading Tyreek Hill. Uh, in the second round, I do like other options, but you know we. So where I go for ADP is I go to the NFFC. Uh, just within the last couple of hours, there's been a ten position difference of where he's being drafted. Correct. He was originally going, I think, early fourth round, late third round, depending on your league size. And I would not be surprised if in a week, in maybe days, his ADP is now mid-second, late second. And by the time August end rolls around where we're like, oh, where everybody's drafting, I wouldn't be surprised to see early second. So I'm going to throw out some names to you in okay. that in that area. Uh, wide receivers only. Okay. Uh, Mike Evans or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill. Antonio Brown or Hill? Tyreek Hill. T.Y. Hilton? Tyreek Hill. Keenan Allen? Tyreek Hill. Amari Cooper? Tyreek Hill. Adam Thielen? Tyreek Hill. That's not even a question. Adam Thielen, I am fading Adam Thielen 100%. What he did last year, I'm sorry. It was an absolute fluke. I think Diggs is the number one fantasy receiver on that team. So, next. Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas. I would take Michael Thomas over Tyreek Hill. He's the last receiver I would take before Tyreek Hill, but I wouldn't fault anyone for taking Tyreek Hill over Michael Thomas. What about Odell? I will take Tyreek Hill. Okay. Yeah, I, I had a small discussion on Twitter with someone about Odell. Um, I, I don't think he's going to have the career year that, I, like, I, I think Odell will have a good year. 
I'm not saying he. Right. I think he's a great. I option. think he's a thousand yard receiver, probably eight touchdowns. But I don't think it's going to be Tyree Kill level where he busted open last year for fourteen seventy nine, twelve TDs, and you have the rushing threat with Tyreek. Yeah. So th- these are things that. And this is why when people say, oh, it's too early, early to look at football. No. no, the time is now. Training camp is starting. Look, sound the alarms. Tyreek Hill is not suspended. He's this is back. the time to, to check the news and to make sure that you're up to date with everything going on. Yeah. Uh, and here, here are my wide receiver rankings now updated with this, with this information. DeAndre Hopkins, number one for me. Julio Jones is actually my number two. He's like number four or five on a lot of people's boards. But this guy's an absolute beast. Julio Jones, from a pure physical specimen, is the best receiver in the NFL. He's my number two fantasy receiver. Three, Devontae Adams. This guy's just a touchdown machine. Aaron Rodgers loves him. He's playing for the best quarterback in the NFL. And then four, Michael Thomas. Personally, for me, this guy doesn't drop a ball. And in that offense, you know Drew Brees is going to be passing the ball a lot. And then Tyreek Hill comes in at number five. I wouldn't fault anyone for bumping him up to four. I wouldn't hate it if he was number three on people's boards but I think it's D-Hop Julio for me and then the next three I guess can be any different order but for me it's Adams Thomas Hill okay Juju is not in that top he's not in my top five with this Tyreek Hill news no okay I like it uh I like it a lot and um I mean think about it last year in PPR leagues Tyreek Hill was the number three wide receiver and he was number one in standard leagues. True, I, very true. Now, this actually helps out for people that are drafting Patrick Mahomes super early, which I've asked around lately. I don't know if I've asked you, but I will. Uh, Patrick Mahomes going sometimes at the late second round, early third. This is just in regular standard leagues. I've seen him going uh, where you only start one quarterback. Now, if Patrick Mahomes only throws 35 touchdowns, is that a busted pick? Yes, depending on where you drafted him. If you draft him in the, the third round. Yes, that's an absolute. You're, you are drafting him for a 40-plus passing touchdown season in the third round. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. And so I, I'm, looking at other wide, I'm looking at other quarterbacks way later in drafts that could still bring me about 30 touchdowns. Correct. So I mean, absolutely. The arc- like Ben Roethlisberger could easily throw for 30 passing touchdowns this year, and you're going to get him at a 10th round value. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think that this, Patrick, uh, this uh, Tyreek Hill news helps Patrick Mahomes, kind of helps the argument of drafting a, a Patrick Mahomes early, but at the same time, you could still get Tyreek Hill and you could fade drafting Patrick Mahomes. So you talked about 35 touchdowns. Do you know who threw 35 touchdowns last year that I got in the 11th round of drafts but is now going in, I think, the 8th and ninth round? Russell Wilson? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, which is one of my favorites. I had him everywhere last year. He's not an exciting player, but for fantasy sakes, he goes out there. He has a great touchdown-to-interception ratio every year. And last year, he threw for 35 touchdowns. And what's changed there? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You're, His wide receiving core is the same. He gets a healthy Devonta Freeman. All a good running back does is helps the quarterback. It opens up the play action. And if you draft Julio Jones in the first round, I'm telling you right now, in the ninth round, scoop up Matt Ryan, 
that stack is going to be unbelievable this season. Yeah, I'm, we're going to look. I'm looking right now at the guys who threw over 30 touchdowns. So we have Andrew Luck with 39. We have Matt Ryan, 35. Russell Wilson, 35. Ben Roethlisberger, 34. Drew Brees and Jared Goff with 32. Uh, Phil Rivers with 32 as well. And the guy I'm targeting in most drafts this year, very late, is Kirk Cousins with 30 touchdowns. Which wow, Kirk Cousins threw 30 touchdowns last year. That's I would not have guessed that to be. I would have said like 24. When you actually think of the season because of uh, Adam Thielen with his streak and, and Diggs had a decent year, uh, which he always has, I think uh, Kyle Rudolph was a little off. But I'm, I mean, Kirk Cousins to me is a, is a value at, wide rec- at quarterback because you can get him as your QB too. And I don't, I don't tell people to draft two quarterbacks ever unless you're in a two-quarterback league. But Kirk Cousins is a guy that I'm targeting because no one is respecting him, and I think the offense is, is going to be fine. I mean, they have offensive line issues, but I, I think for fantasy, Kirk Cousins is a guy you can target. And, um, I mean, he threw more touchdowns than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's been faded right. this year as well. I mean, so let's move on to the gambling aspect here. Once again, you're listening to Friday Friends. We're breaking down the breaking news of the Tyreek Hill situation he has been granted a full season no suspension from the nfl coming down on tyreek hill he will be available to play week one so change your fantasy draft boards there to include tyreek hill but the chiefs over under win total now for the year i just went to go look and it's not available so they're working on which means Vegas is probably getting a lot of money coming in one way they're shifting odds because of this tyreek hill news and what do you think it will come in at now? Um, see, I'm not... I mean, it has to be at, at least 10. Here, I'm, I'm pulling up right now what it was on July 8th. Monday, July 8th, Kansas City's over-under win total was 10. I think this jumps to 11. Which is the same as the Patriots. Yep. Uh, I will... I'm pulling up... I actually had all the over-under totals written down somewhere. But yeah... So 11 wins in a division where uh, you have the Chargers, which they have a good team. Absolutely. But you do have two kind of donkey teams, um, or I at th- least I, I consider donkey teams. I think Denver will be better this year. They're always, they're always a good bet to test you defensively. And within the division, I think they will. And, I mean, hey, you don't know what you're going to get from Oakland this year. Yeah. And you have absolutely no idea. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I wrote down all the over-unders for every team, and the Chiefs were in at 10 and a half. Uh, if Vegas wants to be tricky, they'll they'll go to 12, maybe 11 and a half, just because the money is coming in. But uh, one of the notes that I wrote down for the for the Chiefs is their pla- their pass blocking efficiency last year was six and was sixth out of uh, out of all 32 teams. That's really good. So that's great for for your quarterback, wide receiver matchup. And uh, the other thing is based on last year's schedules, they have the sixth hardest schedule on the slate. Now, I don't have the games in front of me that they're going to be playing, but... Well, naturally, when you win your division, you have to play the other division winners, and you get usually a tougher schedule. And I just look at the odds for the Chargers, nine and a half win total there. But the odds to win the division, Kansas City's at minus 225, and the Chargers are plus 175. 
So for those who don't know what those numbers mean, plus 175 means if I put a $100 bet on the Chargers to win the division, I win $175. To get $100 on the Chiefs winning the division, I have to put down $225. So I think there's a little value there for the Chargers winning the division this year if right now the over-under win total is only a game difference. What if the Chargers steal a game in Kansas City? Definitely. I mean, last year, both teams ended the season 12-4. and four. Exactly. The Chargers, Boom. the Chargers got into the playoffs with the same record as Kansas City, but they were a wild card just because Kansas City, I think, had beat them earlier in the year. They had a better divisional record, which is what led them to that. Man, listen, the Chargers didn't lose anybody either. If anything, they're getting Hunter Henry back. They haven't lost anyone yet. So they always suffer some huge season-ending injury to someone. And this year, there's, there's holdout talk. Uh, this is the new trend for running backs. I get it. Get your money. I'm 100% for it, for the players to get as much money as possible. But there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. I think Lev Bell, regardless of how you want to spin his situation... He did it the right way because it was at the end of his contract. It was when he was being franchise tagged multiple times. And it, it, for him, it was, if you're not going to be loyal to me, I don't have to be loyal to you. And that's kind of how I, bro- I break down the Lev Bell thing. Now we have two star first round running backs in fantasy between Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon that are looking to hold out prior to their contracts being up. Correct. They, they, I, I believe they still have one year remaining on their rookie contracts. I, I think you're right. Um, and, and this is the tricky thing with it. By them holding out, they're not in a situation where it's like Lev Bell. It's the team can find them for not showing when up. When Melvin Gordon went down last year with an injury, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson did not miss a beat in that offense. The Chargers went 4-0 and without Melvin Gordon. There's not a lot behind the Melvin Gordon holdout argument that I'm looking at. Beside, so from the player side, it's, I've helped you win. I'm a top player in the league. And it's time for me to get paid like the top player in the league. From the, steam, from the team standpoint, we won without you. You are injury prone. We will figure it out. And, and, and next year's draft class, I, I'm not fully in looking into next year's draft yet. I think it's way too early, but from what I've read and what I've heard, there is a good amount of running backs that are worth drafting for the professional level next year. I don't think people realize out there, and I have to give credit to my man, Jeff Manns here for teaching me this. The running back position in the NFL is expendable. You are nothing in the NFL with the running back. It's all about the offensive line and the scheme you are running in. I could probably sign up and be a running back for the Kansas City Chiefs and rip off 800 yards this coming season because that's what Andy Reid running backs do. Damian Williams was a nothing with the Miami Dolphins. A nothing. A guy, a third-string running back that didn't get touches. But now he's going to be... The bell cow back in Kansas City because of the system. 100% agree. And we're going to get into NFC, AFC East breakdowns in just a few moments. And the perfect example is Le'Veon Bell, James Conner. Correct. On the Steelers. That's another team where the running back, whoever is in the backfield, 
will produce, especially from a fantasy standpoint. I think James Conner's stats last year were better than Lev Bell's in general it, it for was. a season. So this is what we're talking about when you, you when you draft a running back or uh, when you're looking at offenses that you're trying to target running backs. Some systems work, and that's why I don't know if Melvin Gordon is going to win this. I, I The Chargers aren't a team that historically have bent for players. I don't remember any instance where they were like, no, we need this guy. Now, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones loves to throw money around. Now, for the Zeke situation of his holdout, I just think he's being premature. I think he will get paid no matter what, but it's not his turn. But the thing is, though, like, with the Zeke thing, the only thing that's holding me back is his off-field issues. So the Cowboys will be like, do we want to deal with this off-field issues year after year? Because it's been an issue year after year. But like you said, I do think Jerry Jones will pony up the money and pay him. And for those people out there that are like, oh, you use James Conner as an example. James Conner's a good running back. I knew he was going to be good out of college. Let me give you one last example. C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Todd Gurley was the best running back in football last year behind that Rams backfield. When he went down with his knee issues... And also, he still might have knee issues going forward. This overweight running back by the name of C.J. Anderson stepped up into that offense, and they didn't miss a beat. C.J. Anderson was a fantasy monster. So don't tell me that, oh, me C.J. No, he, he was Eddie Lacy looking overweight in L.A., but dominated. I, I mean, C.J. Anderson, in my eyes, stud. But it, he's right. Ani is right. If you don't think he's right, or if you do agree with him, at AniShree23 on Twitter, Instagram, I'm at OnlySandro. Ani's the, the smart guy in this whole thing. I, I'm just the guy. I'm just here. And this is so Ani doesn't look weird in front con- of his roommates talking to himself. That's whole, why he invited me over. Correct. And the whole concept <laughs> of just like people and NFL like players holding out for money, it just it just blows my mind. So it just it just gets under my skin. It's like when your time is up, you'll get paid, all right? You're not special. You're not special. I'm sorry. With, with Zeke, though, he, he is a year early. Uh, I think and he actually is two years on two his Two years, team. okay. So Jerry Jones has kept the guys he likes. Tony Romo, people said for years, oh, he can't win. You should get rid of him. He's kept him. Des Bryant, he kept as long as he could. Uh, this is a team that also had Terrell Owens on it. Like, he, he's not afraid to have guys with egos and, and people on – on uh, you know off the field issues and all that stuff. So, um, so the Cowboys over under right now. Let's get into our NFC East breakdown here. Nine wins, minus one ten over under. I think that's a pretty good bet. I do think the Cowboys win the division this year. As much as it pains me to say, I think Dak is an underrated quarterback, especially from the fantasy standpoint. Amari Cooper looked really good in that offense. And if Zeke plays week one, they get Travis Frederick back on that offensive line. I mean, I think this this team's going to be very good. They got Van Der Esch and Sean Lee and Jalen Smith, that linebacker. I mean, you could say secondary is one of the weaker points on this team. And I don't know. I like the Cowboys this year, man. I like the Cowboys. I think they will win the division. As of right now, though, they are not the favorite to win the NFC East. The Correct. Eagles are at minus 110. Cowboys are 
a plus 140. I will put my money on the Cowboys, though. If it's between the Cowboys and Eagles, I'm taking Dallas. I'm not on board with the Philadelphia Eagles. My only issue with this division is every year they play really close to each other. Correct. Um, and last year, I think the Cowboys swept the Eagles. I'm pretty they sure swept, they did. Da- Dallas went into Philly and won, and then late in the year, it was that incredible overtime game where Amari Cooper caught the game-winning touchdown, and I think that decided the division winner last year. It it did. So Dallas started the season three and five. Yep. They won seven of their last final eight games. They swept the Eagles and the Giants, won the NFC East, and they won um, one playoff game uh, with. The thing is, so their their over under is at you said nine. nine. I have them at eight wins. Just looking at the schedule, I think they can win the first six, which is the Giants, Washington at home, Miami. Uh, I have them winning at New Orleans. Wow, as a Saints fan, yes. Why? How? What? Yeah. Drew Brees in the dome, though. I I understand that. And then I have them winning against Green Bay and then the Giants. Uh, I'm the Jets, I'm sorry, in week six. Uh, I have them at at eight wins, the most wins in this division. I'm looking at the schedule right now. I have them winning 10 games this season. I think you're lumping in Detroit. Well, you know, here we go. Here we go. They're going to beat, they're going to beat New York, Washington, Miami. I think they'll lose to New Orleans and Green Bay. They'll beat the Jets in uh, the Meadowlands. They'll beat the Eagles at home by week there. I think they'll beat the Giants. They'll sweep the Giants there already. Like week nine, that's kind of rare in the NFC East. You play both your division teams against someone before like week 10. That's six wins right there. Minnesota at home, give me the win. This is Kirk Cousins on the road in November. That's an L for the Minnesota Vikings. Detroit on the road. But but it's an... It, that the thing is they play indoors uh, in in Dallas. Like to me, at Kirk Cousins, I think could win this because they play in a dome in Minnesota. They play in a partial dome. It, so the, like I, I kind of take out that outside element late season factor. Okay, let's. All right, you so, know more about Kirk Cousins than me as right. a Redskins fan, but that's just me looking. Okay, let's give, more let's broad give, brush. Let's give Kirk that win. All right, so that's still six wins at Detroit. I think that's a win. New England on the road, nope. Buffalo at home, yes, that's eight wins. Chicago on the road in December, nope. L.A. at home, give me that win. That's that's nine. And then they'll beat Washington at home in week 17. I actually have them, so I have them losing the right last there. four. You think they're going to lose to the Skins in the season finale at home, probably with the division on the line? I... So I don't think the division will be on the line, and I think it will it'll actually be kind of like a coast, hey, we're, we're chilling out. Now, the problem with Dallas right now is, let's say Zeke does hold out. That they have do. trash in the backfield, and this is a, a team that I think they need Zeke. Now, I don't think he will hold out because he will be fined. Like I said before, he's two years early. He's a year early. You can't be campaigning after this off-the-field shit that just happened. Correct. Right? But I, it's a division game. Division games for me, I don't bet. And I, I put everyone on the same playing field. Okay. I mean, I, that's fair. I mean, okay. That, you got them at what? Eight wins? I have them at eight. eight. Winning the division with eight. Okay. And that means that divisional games could swing this to 10. Agreed. So I'm not saying you're wrong. Which means this is why Vegas is always right setting the line at nine. You think eight. I think 10. The line is nine. Yeah. So I'm taking the under. 
So for our listeners, this is bad betting advice because he's taking the under, I'm taking the over. But obviously, I could see this breaking even. I think who, first team to 10 wins in this division wins the division this year. 100% agree. And I don't think it's bad betting advice. NFC East in general, they play very close to each other. I agree. At this time of no the year, skill level. I'm, not, I'm not betting the, the over-under for team totals. I'm not betting on anybody. In this division. But I will put money down on the Cowboys to win the division because they have great odds and they have, to me, they will win. They will. So that, that's, that's a good piece of advice. And when you, look, when you look at the schedule now and it's important, to me, it's important to bring up Vegas and these over-under totals. Whether you are deciding which team you like or not, just to look at Vegas because I use strength of schedule and, uh, you know, Vegas numbers to tie for tiebreakers when it comes to do I want X player or Y player when I'm in my draft room. Correct. You know, I I do all my rankings in tiers, so I like a group of players. It's not that Brandon Cooks is better than another wide receiver. It's at the moment this guy is he has a better schedule and I have a little bit of risk in my in my draft right now. All right, so let's 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 scrap the New York Giants here. No one really cares about them. Saquon's one of the top running backs in fantasy. Take him in the first round. Don't overthink it. Top 3 pick here. Eli Manning's probably going to start the season. Daniel Jones will come in at some point, I think, when they're losing a lot. Sterling Shepard is now given the chance to be the number 1 receiver. Golden Tate's a Sterling Shepard 2.0, so we'll see how that works. But what I'm interested in hearing now is you said that the Cowboys were going to lose week 17 at home to the Redskins. So how many wins do you have the Redskins taking this year? I have the Redskins winning three games. That's which absolutely I know, preposterous. I, I knew this was going to happen. And state your case. So, and this is the other thing. So I, I probably have a flawed system when I, when I look at my, my totals for Vegas because I have... Right now, I have Dallas six and a half. Well, so you're right, right. and I, but I have Dallas, like we just talked about, uh, not winning against Washington. Yeah, I didn't write down that Washington was going to win against Dallas. Okay, when so, I looked at so their four wins, it, it could be. I have them at three though, which is still the under, correct? Right? So by a big margin. Yeah. So no matter what, if you if you are a Redskins fan, you're you're looking at less than six wins. Put money on that. I will bet that number right now. That less than six. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, I have them winning against Tampa because that defense is trash, but the Redskins have a pretty good defense. I'm just not sure at this moment what the Redskins' offense is. Who's the starting quarterback? I think Case Keenum will be in there longer than people think. Darius Geis, hey, he tweeted out not to worry about his, his hamstring injury, but I'm worried. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm worried. L- looking at the Redskins right now, Adrian Peterson... Great value in, in drafts right now. Like I said, I don't know what Darius Geis is. I've never seen him play at a professional level. The guy is already injured. You're, you're these wide receivers, Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn. Hey, if Case Keenum's in, Trey Quinn could be a value out of the slot, PPR monster. And I, Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. Who knows? Jordan Reed, will, will he play six games? That's a, that's a very good point. I mean, that's a very good point. I'm looking at the Redskins schedule right here, and I'm going to run through it here real quick, and we'll go back and forth there with every matchup. At Philadelphia, loss. I think it's a loss. contested loss. Yes. Home against Dallas. Loss. I'll, I'll give you that loss. I think they might win it. To be honest, it's home. It's Dallas. We always play tougher against the Cowboys. 
What so, helps is it's early in the season. Exactly. It's a division game. Like I said, those yes. are 50-50s for me. So, so I, okay, I, I can give you that one. All right, so I have one win there. Chicago at home Monday night, loss. Loss. So that's three L's for Sandro, two for me. Giants on the road. Win. Okay, that's. I also agree. They'll win that. Home against New England, loss. loss. On the road against Miami, loss. So I he, think. I think they could win it. I have it as a loss. My tiebreaker for this, because at first I was going to give them the win, but it's Washington in Miami, and players like to go out in Miami. I was going to agree with you. I mean, we have players like Josh Norman, Darius Geis on the team. This is Miami. I think this is a loss. San Francisco at home, that's a win for me. I put as a loss. Okay. On the road, Minnesota, Thursday night, short rest. You're going north. That's a loss in my books. Kirk Cousins is going to prove something. It's a Kirk Cousins revenge game. That's a loss. At Buffalo, I think that's a win. I put I it could, as a win. I could see it being a loss, though, because, again, but the advantage they have there, they have an extra break because their last game before that is a Thursday, and they're staying north. They're going Minnesota to Buffalo. So I think that will help them. Now we enter the bye week. The Jets at home after the bye, that's a no-brainer win. I put a loss. That's a no-brainer win there. Absolutely preposterous. We got Detroit at home. I think that's a win, too. Loss. I think they win back-to-back games for the first time in the season. Boom. That's six wins in my book right here. You have, uh, I don't even know how many wins you have them having at the moment. I, I think I you already have two and a half. I have them at two and a half. Okay. And then the, uh, Carolina on the road, loss. Green Bay in December, Lambeau, loss. Philadelphia at home, loss. New York at home, win. Okay, we're, we're on the same page so far. And then Dallas on the road, loss. But you have them winning it in your Cowboys breakdown, but you could also see them losing this. Yeah, yes. So I have seven. So, okay, you have them at seven. The line's at six. Are you going over? It's, it's six and a half. Okay, but, okay. Are you, are you taking the over? I'm not betting the Redskins over-under total right now. I'm going to wait for the line to drop to six, and then I'm going to bet it. I don't like the hook. I really don't like the hook at six and a half. You could go on FanDuel right now. You got your line at six. I, I will bet the six. They went, they went seven and nine last year, right? Correct. I see them getting three or four wins. This they year. went seven and nine last year with guys like Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, and Josh Johnson quarterbacking them for the last six weeks of the season, it seems like. That's incredible. We have one of the, the Redskins have one of the best front sevens on the defensive side of the ball in football. They got Landon Collins in the offseason to bolster that secondary. Josh Norman, he might have lost a step, but he's still a decent cornerback. He's still jumping over bulls. Correct. He's able to jump bulls, which means he's going to be able to jump over players and intercept it. Yeah. So I look on paper. I agree. You have a team, great. You have a good defense. Correct. The offense for me is suspect. There are too many question marks at this moment in the middle of July. Last year with Alex Smith as QB, we were five and two to start the year. He went down and everything hit the ce- that shit hit the ceiling. Yeah. This team on paper can win seven games, but that's the thing with the Redskins. It's every year. It's on paper they can be this. An injury always hits. Something goes wrong in D.C. It never works out. So I can see the value in taking the under six and a half. But right now, I'm staying at seven. Another team that's confusing in the backfield or 
anywhere on the offense. We got the, the Eagles, who we've neglected, who is the favorite to win right now. I have them at seven wins for the season. I'm just not sure what to think of this backfield, right? I'm looking at depth charts. Jordan Howard looks like he's slated in as the, the starter. Now, for people that, are, that have disconnected from fantasy football are now entering, the Eagles have acquired Jordan Howard during the offseason. They also drafted Miles Sanders. Uh, Ani, before we got on, had brought up a great point about Wendell Smallwood. Last year, he was the 42nd in PPR running backs as in fantasy. 42! And they also have Corey Clement, who we thought, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, when you hear uh, Corey Clement, you kind of think, hey, late round value. Right. Uh, But no, but not really, because in this crowded backfield, it's not like... I am staying, like, as, as much as I'd like to say I'm staying away, I drafted Miles Sanders in Dynasty. I, I have shares of Miles Sanders. I made a bet with our buddy Dave Lochran that Miles Sanders will out-touch Jordan Howard by a large majority this season. And the reason I'm saying this is because, like I, we were saying before, we're going to cycle back to the beginning of the podcast, which you can listen to on iTunes, Spotify, I'm pretty sure Google Play, too, but just rewinding. The system matters for the running back. Jordan Howard didn't fit in the Matt Nagy offense in Chicago. The Doug Peterson system is the same. They're both branches off of the Andy Reid class of coaching system running backs. It's not Jordan Howard. I, I'm sorry. It's not going to work. That's why I think I know Doug Peterson likes to rotate his running backs in and out, ride the hot hand. If Miles Sanders catches fire like back-to-back games, we could see a true Miles Sanders bell cow situation in Philadelphia. I, and I agree. But at this time, we don't know. I mean, At this time, we don't know. Our buddy Correct. Dan Servadidio thinks that Jordan Howard will be, will be the goal line guy. I could see that. He's a bigger down body. guy. And Miles Sanders will take on the, the bulk of the work in the middle of the field. Uh, I have them winning seven games. They won, you know, they were nine and seven last year. Uh, Carson Wentz is a question mark. I like him for fantasy, but can he stay healthy? Will he play 16 games? The only time he did that was his rookie year. He hasn't done it since. And I don't know. I'm looking at their schedule right now. It honestly looks pretty. The first to nine weeks before their bye week in week 10 looks pretty easy. The toughest games I see on the schedule at Atlanta, at Green Bay, at Dallas. I mean, I think they could win in Minnesota. They could beat Chicago at home. I mean, Detroit at home, the Jets, the Redskins, Buffalo. Seems easy, but the tail end, I mean, you've got a, you got New England, but it's at home. So that's an advantage there. Seattle, again, at home, again, another advantage. They're getting all these tough teams at home, which is yep. a huge advantage for the Eagles. They play really well at the link. So... Yes. But then they end the season like I think every NFC East team always does is four straight divisional games. So I think their season's going to come down to those last four games. And, and yes, and health. Because also wide receiver is a little bit question mark here. We have Alshon Jeffrey. Deshaun Jackson comes back from Tampa Bay. Um, and then it, they, or they have this rookie, uh, Whiteside, uh, Nelson Aguilar, who hasn't really became anything. Our, your boy, Matt Collins, looks good in a suit. I don't know if he could play. I, I, mean, I dropped him in Dynasty last year. Here's the bottom line. You took Alshon late in your Scott Fishbowl draft there, which you can also donate to Fantasy Cares. It's a great it's a great cause if you're in a fantasy football league. Put one of your entry fees towards Fantasy Cares. But 
the true pass catching option in this offense is Zach Ertz. Yes. And it, it's funny when you look at these teams, they have a lot of early round value, right? You have right. Saquon and Zeke, both the top four running backs in, in fantasy is in this division. You have Zach Ertz, who's in this division as well. So, all right. So you have, you have Alshon Jeffrey. I guess you put Deshaun Jackson in there and then Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard, I guess, is your four. I mean, Zach Ertz was the number one targeted tight end last year in football. Had 156 targets. He was the, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, sixth most targeted player in football last year. Player. This includes all wide receivers. I don't, I probably don't have the numbers in front of you, but how much of that was with Wentz and how much of that was with Foles? I, I do not have that in front of me, but let's see. Which, in which week did Wentz go down or when did Wentz start playing again because I, I have I have the week by week breakdown for you right here I so don't when did remember Foles, when did Foles take over for Wentz last season I mean I think that that's the important question it is the important question which I don't have the answer to because I as always not prepared but it looks like he came in he started week 15 who Foles did you tell me Carson Wentz played 15 games last year I'm telling you, he played 14 games. So Carson Wentz played 14 games last. So the majority came under Wentz. Well, okay, hold on. Uh, week one and two, we had Foles in there. Okay, 10, 13. Those are target numbers. For and then Ertz. the last three, we had... You had Foles again. Yeah. So the majority did come under Wentz. You're, under Wentz, he had 10, 14, 11, 9, 11, 6, 16, 3, 8, 10, 8. And then he had 7, 16, and 4 with Foles. Wentz loves Zach Ertz. Yeah. Wentz loves Zach Ertz. And I love Zach Ertz, too, in DFS. Last year, I went away from... Punting tight end? Punting, yeah. I stacked, I had double tight end in a lot of my lineups. Because for the price that you paid for the big three, to put one of them in your flex, they cost less than a wide receiver, but they brought back higher, wide re- higher numbers than wide receivers in some points. So... um. I know that we said we were going to do AFC East and NFC East, but I think there's a lot to unpack here. Correct. Um, Once again, Ani and I do like the Cowboys to win the division. They are not the favored right now with Vegas. I could see it changing before the top of the beginning of the season. I'm putting my money on Dallas. Would you put, as a Redskins fan, any money down on the Redskins winning plus 1,000? The division. Absolutely. Absolutely not. That's just throwing away your money at this point. The team that I will, we talked about the Oakland Raiders, Kansas City Chiefs, Chargers earlier in the show. Oakland is plus 2,200 to win the division. I would put $5 on that. Just because Antonio Brown, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr healthy, you don't know what you're going to get with that team this year. That offensive line is pretty good also. That could be a value there. I mean, the Chiefs and Chargers are both one injury away from being completely out of the divisional race. Plus 2,200. There's some value there. Going to put you on the spot here real quick before we uh, wrap it up. We always like to do a top three on the show. At OniStreet23, at OnlySandro here. Top three things you like to do at the beach since I'm going to the beach this weekend. What's your number three? My number three is, which you can't do this at every beach, or at least where I grew up in Jersey, you couldn't. I mean, I like to have a drink. All right. right, like you on the beach. On the beach, you bring your cooler onto the beach. Uh, what's popular right now? White Claw. Yeah. Ugh. 
I, I'm, I'm not a huge seltzer water guy, so I won't touch that. I haven't had White Claw, but... I'm hurrying into the White Claw summer. Summer yeah, of White the Claw. Last, the last time I went to the beach a couple of weeks ago, Myrtle Beach, I was hanging out with some friends. I didn't drink. Everyone else was White Claw crazy. So, hey, that, that's one thing. That's my number three on the top three. All right, number three on my list. I love to go mini golfing. I just think mini golf is a staple when we go to the beach. I mean, my roommate Esteban here, I like to shout him out on every podcast. He's sitting behind us. He's nodding his head because last time we went to the beach, I beat him in mini golf, which made him owe me a drink. So I think that's like a combination of both our number threes. What's your number two here? See, I think we're going to have a different, a way different list because my beach experience was I grew up right near the beach. Okay. Yours, like when you say mini golf, for me, that's like, Beach vacation, I'm going away, like right. not. And to me, it is a vacation yeah. since it's like three to four hours away. I, I went to the beach because it was 10 minutes away like every other day. So my number two is listen to music. It, like the one thing growing up is if someone didn't bring a radio, then it, it wasn't the best time. So, right. it, okay. I mean, now you have iPods. I, like I said, I'm dating myself. I'm 30. Listen to music is my number two. All right. My number two is going to be eating ice cream at the beach i mean i don't know why but beach ice cream just hits differently for some reason i don't know because it's like you're by the water like sun is coming down it's hot as hell but eating ice cream at the beach number two seed number one you got to get some sort of game going on so whether it's i think uh, we've got can jam can jam's a great one last time i was at the beach we did some sort of like paddle game it was like tennis um some sort of game you you got to get an activity going because after the activity, you just jump in the ocean, splash around for a little bit, get the sweat off, and then you sit down and you, you get your tan on. All right, number one for me, and this one is specific to Ocean City, Maryland. Going to Secrets, <laughs> the best bar on the planet. If you've never been, you should go. Shameless plug for Secrets Jamaica USA. I will be there on Saturday. If you're listening to this podcast later today, early tomorrow morning, Come find me at Secrets. I will be in that dirty water drinking a frozen O at some point. So follow me on Twitter at Onistreet23. I will be posting pictures there and on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at OnlySandro. This has been Friday Friends. Catch us next week. We're going to be doing an AFC East breakdown. We'll have another top three for you. And whatever new app comes out, we'll test it and let, we'll let you know what you think.